Hey, I'm Mel. And I'm Andres, and you're listening to Mixtape, your favorite Afro-Latin podcast. What she said. Rebelde del cimarrón, caminante apura el paso, por ese camino real, que son mandinga y vallano, ya no son esclavos más. Today we're listening to Cimarron by Ruben Blades and Willy Colon. It's a song about Cimarrones, who were rebel slaves that escaped from their masters and established their own communities, often in remote locations. I picked this song in purpose because Willy Colon himself has been very vocal against the Black Lives Matter movement, which, if you listen to the lyrics of the song carefully, it's a little bit of a contradiction. But, beto a saber. Welcome to our second track. This is Mixtape. Well, thank you guys for joining in. Yeah, the and first thing is what the purpose of the conversation is today, right? So again, so it will be as, as social dancers, um, what racist ideas, behaviors, or how, how racist ideas and behaviors interact with social dancing in the Afro-Latin dance community. Um, that's roughly speaking uh, what the topic of today's conversation is. We want to explore uh, how those racist ideas and behaviors manifest in, in our community, which can be you know, subtle uh, and sometimes not as subtle. So that's yeah. what we want from, from today's conversation. And uh, to begin with, um, we, we would just want you to introduce yourself. So um, what's your name? What you do? If you don't mind, uh, what, do you, what do you identify um, ethnically and racially? And uh, the last thing we want you uh, from you to tell us um, for the introduction would be, let's just start with this, the first three questions and then uh, I'll ask you the other question after you introduce okay. yourself. Okay, I guess I can start. Um, my name is Sharita Thomas. Um, I am a health policy analyst. Um, I work for the federal government, but I'm based out of UNC um, and I identify just as straight up black, like I'm just American black. Um, I, I don't go into the granularity of my ethnic background, although I can, I just say that I'm black. Mm -hmm. I'm Victor Connor. Um, I am, I, I'm involved in quite a lot of things. During the day, I'm an operations manager. And after all the hours afterwards, um, I own an ironwork and fencing company, so I'm a blacksmith, ironworker by trade. So I just involved a lot of things. Um, I identify as, um, uh, it depends on who you're asking, but for the masses, African-American. I, um, I like to connect the dots um, because uh, most of my ancestors were actually from uh, Nigeria. So I like to connect the dots as a homage to them. And, and shout out your business, I think. Why won't you shout out your business? Yeah, name? yeah, shout out. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, Connor, Connor Ironworks. Yeah, no need to be humble <laughs> for all your blackness needs. There you go. All right, so yeah. the, the next one, um, how do you think uh, knowing your own ethnicity and race or being aware of it uh, impacts the conversation about social dance in the Latinx community? I mean, I... 
for one, I think it's important because how someone self-identifies internally and how they show that outwardly can shift throughout their life experience. Um, and so it's important for people hearing this that they're understanding that I'm giving my perspective as a Black American woman in the Latin dance scene here. And, and I'm, I'm unapologetically Black. <laughs> so with that, I think that with that front and center, how I'm interacted with um, is going to vary versus if it's uh, subversive or someone's just perceiving me how it fits uh, for them or how it makes them feel comfortable. And so just a few of the things that come to mind when I think about whether people are aware, explicitly aware of my black, blackness or whether they're operating off of their own perceptions um, has to do with the common tropes for black women, aggressiveness or one and hypersexualization, <laughs> um, perceptions about black bodies in these spaces and our comfort level with black bodies. Um, that's where kind of more of the, I, I don't know if I like the term microaggressions, but it's common people understand what that means, but that's where a lot of the microaggressions express themselves through. And then just um, distortions about truth of um, some of the origins in Latin dance. So. Yeah, absolutely. And just to piggyback off of that, um, you know, as we said, it's like, we've been minorities all our life um, in this country. And um, I think how it contributes to this conversation is we will give a minority's point of view. And while it's considered still Latin dancing, you know, I know myself, I mean, it's just, something I've done unconsciously all my life is every time I go to an, an event or, um, or a location, it doesn't matter where it is, where there's public people, I didn't realize I was doing it for a long time until it was pointing out to me. I would actually count the number of African-Americans or black oh. people that were there uh, without yeah. even thinking about it. You, um, do, you make the across the room eye contact, the head nod, and then you try <laughs> to make your way, I'm gonna dance with you later. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the same thing in the Latin dance community. Since I walk in, I'm like, okay, how many, how many others are here? So it just unconsciously, I have to just, I'm always finding myself counting others. That definitely helps um, when just another peer or another dancer there gives you, you know, the acknowledgement um, and just, it, it just gives you, a, it's, it's like a, a distance hug, you know? It's like, you're good. You know, I got you, you're good. So um, how it contributes to this conversation is just, um, just another minority's point of view and I think it's important. I, I think like touching on that a little bit is that, it can also be like a double-edged sword in that you have people in some of these spaces that they might be wanting acceptance of the larger structure of the culture. And so distancing themselves from that, I identify as Black, there's another Black person in this scene, I'm going to try my best to stay as far away from that person because I want to be accepted in this scene as something else. And you come across that as well. Yeah, I see. So I have um, really enjoyed the work of Ibram Kendi over the past year. And um, just for the sake of being on the same page, I just wanted to describe how he defines race and just kind of summarize how he defines racism so that um, people who are listening are kind of thinking along the same lines. So 
He would say races of power construct of collected or merged difference that lives socially. And he describes a lot of different types of racism, ethnic racism, biological racism, et cetera, et cetera. So in summary, he would say it's a collection of ideas or beliefs that reinforce social differences that are supported by actions leading to inequality. So before we dive into, or we've already begun diving into race and racism and the dance scene, we know that the dancing is very inclusive, or it appears to be very inclusive, and that's what draws mm. people to the dancing, right? Um, so if, if you can tell us what drew you in to the Latin dancing, and then we can start talking about some of the experiences that you've had mm. along the lines of racism as you've begun to be in the scene a little more. So what, what has drawn you in to the dancing? Uh, Victor, you can go first. <laughs> okay. So what drew me to the dance scene? So I've always been rhythmically inclined since I was a baby. Um, I, I play about four different instruments. I started playing when I was two years old. So I've, I've always been about music. I love it. When I actually came to the dance scene, though, it was about, it seems like forever, but it's only been about two years in the Latin dance community. My ex-wife and I were actually going through a separation, and what happened, you know, I was just looking through dance videos as I do every night, and um, just randomly, because I was, I was into hip-hop before, like hip-hop, pop-lock, that was my thing. I, I actually won a couple competitions before I came into Latin dancing. But before, the, so as I was getting to Latin dance, I was, you know, one night just looking at my computer, looking through some dance videos, and I saw Eddie Torres Jr. Um, dancing, uh, to a song, uh, Ovidala by Nino Seguera. And um, the way he was dancing, and I saw, like, the dancing I did was isolated. You know, it was all by myself, isolated movements. But the way he was dancing, it really just spoke to the next level of communication that you can have. Because naturally, for me, I'm an introvert. And communicating openly has always been a challenge for me. But it's not that I'm uncomfortable. You're you know, very good company. I've been the four of us. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yes, I've always been very comfortable being an introvert, but people have always challenged me to open up and speak. It's like, you know, but when I saw Eddie Torres Jr. dance and the way that he was moving and you could just feel the communication, I'm like, you know, I, I like that freedom. I like that expressionism. So I actually looked up some local... Um, salsa dance nights and i was actually really interested in bachata at first because it was like that seems easier i didn't get that first i looked at some local scenes and i saw it and it was happening at carmen's keeping cafe i'm like okay let me show up there i showed up there and um a performance was going on any any event performing with her team and afterwards i'm like okay let me start there so i asked her for um you know about some classes and that's when i got started that's what drew me just the seeing that expression shown through dancing and that communication without having to talk. That's very similar to okay. okay, Sharita, tell us yours. Obviously, I'm an introvert. <laughs> I would kind of say I'm a misanthrope as well, but <laughs> I actually start, I got involved in the dance community here. Um, I have zero dance background. Um, I was more of an athlete growing up. Um, the type of household I was raised in dancing, 
mm, you don't do that. <laughs> so yeah, like there are none of that moving your body. Nope. <laughs> so um, I, I was in North, I came to North Carolina um, and then shortly after in 2012, I, I went to grad school at Duke and my first summer there, I, I kind of wanted some separation from my academic community, but also uh, trying to overcome issues with social anxiety um, uh, other than, you know, medication. Um, so I was just kind of like Googling and then I was like, oh, dance classes. Let me just, it was on a whim. Let me try that. And I started out in the Cuban dance scene here, actually, um, which if you've been here for a while, you know that the, the dance, the dance scenes here are, are fragmented. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in the Cuban dance community um, and um, then I, I transitioned over to the onto community um, when I wanted to learn more technique and foundation of the dance. Um, and I did find it was a way that I could um, get to know people and, and talk to people and then just kind of peace out at the end of the night. And I, I don't have to maintain any kind of contact for like a oh, week. Man. They should, they should have also like a group. <laughs> So what I'm hearing from the both of you and, and from what Andres and I have talked about in ourselves, it's like, it's therapeutic. It's a way to be social, but enough social that we're comfortable with it. It's a way to kind of build on skills. It's a way to get outside of your comfort zone. So it's kind of this all inclusive fun. Yeah. Um, we should also say that we, we didn't um, we didn't intend to have only introverts in yeah. the conversation, <laughs> but it's gonna happen. I think we're a blend yeah. of extra, extroverted introverts. Yeah, I'm the weird kind of introvert. I like being around people that are talking as long as I'm not the one talking. Oh yeah, yeah, music. <laughs> yeah, but I think I'm, I think I'm farther in the introvert. Yeah. We're all on the spectrum. And I think Sarita is it's closer to me. Yeah. <laughs> we're all on we're all on the spectrum. Although Sharita was the first person I met when I got here and she was the most Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So shout out to Sharita for not <laughs> practicing her introvertness when I came into the room and I'm so yeah. All right. So um why don't we, do we want to get into the Yeah, so, yeah, so what you're describing is it's a great environment to heal, um, to connect, to learn, and so there are things that can happen within that community that can be counter to those healing and socializing and accepting experiences that um, people may have. So uh, we just want to illuminate our experiences um, because, like I said, the dancing can be so inclusive that these things can go over people's heads really easily, especially for folks who are not people of color. Mm -hmm. So if, if uh, we can get into describing an experience, let's start with subtle, subtle experiences that you've had um, where you've experienced racism or racist, racist ideas or something along those lines in the dance scene for um, yourselves. Well, well, unfortunately, the subtle ones are the one that happened a lot more often yep. um, and mm -hmm. honestly I've experienced I see it all the time and I say it all the time um, 
conscious and unconscious. There's a lot of unconscious racism that happens people aren't, aren't aware of. And while I can speak to, and I will speak to some experiences that I've had myself, I would just go ahead and say, put out in Front Street, it pales in comparison to what Black women go through on the Latin dancing because I believe Black men, while we do have our own problems and racist experiences, but I, I don't think it compares to Black women, unfortunately. Um, for example, black women, I've seen black women go all night without being asked to dance, um, being served less at the bar. Um, I've, I've seen it not just, you know, just everyday life, but especially in the Latin dance community. And I feel like there's just a stereotype that black women only know how to do one kind of dance. And it's not that, it, and the thing is, it's not that they don't look good and it's not that they're not wearing dance shoes because that's a lot of things that are, the leads look for you know are they dressed properly do they wear dance shoes because you know you know some if a good song comes on you know we're all guilty of this we want to have a good dance um but it's not that they don't check the boxes and the fact that we have to check the boxes is still a problem that's a different conversation but i'll see people black african-american women get passed on all night so i make it a point in myself and make sure they ask because again it's not that they don't know how to dance and even if they don't know how to dance they just don't get asked nowhere near as much as they should um so that's like subtle stuff that i see um now as far as experiences for myself um like for me i mean i'm not latin but a lot of people think i'm dominican so they'll start off with the <laughs> spanish i know a lot of people will start with the spanish <laughs> and i can speak a little spanish but i will quickly point out i'm not spanish um and then the conversation will be over and then I'll ask them to dance and it won't happen. And I don't consider myself a great dancer. I'm not a beginner. I'll just say that. Um, but then I'll see someone Latin come up and ask them to dance and they'll dance without question. And I know you said I'm very subtle. I've literally had non-Latin white women say, hey, I want the Latin experience. I don't want to do things. <laughs> Whoa, that's yeah. the first time I've ever heard that. I want the Latin experience. Can you, can you can, um, Victor and Andres speak more to that? Because uh, this is something that um, Andres has brought up, if you don't mind me mentioning, that are yeah. being exoticized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ah. in, in that I don't know if you want to say more. No, I mean, that. I... I, I I, uh, yes, no, I've, I've definitely experienced uh, that expectation that Victor speaks to of the, of the Latin experience when, when uh, I, I myself actually, I, I kind of do a little bit of what Victor was describing, but a slight modification. So I'm like, ah, is this woman going to, mm. is this follower, because I, I also live men, is this follower going to, are they going for the Latin experience? Yeah. Um, I I've been spanked in the middle of a, of a, of a social dance by a spanked. Yeah, spanked by a white woman. Yes. I've I mean, been, uh, yeah. I've, I've had uh, during a bachata again. That's yes. your mistake number one. Dancing the bachata. See <laughs> <laughs> you. No, I, 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 that's, a, that's, your, that's so you. There's a lot of built-in <laughs> assumptions when you're dancing bachata, aren't there? I know. So. I've, I've been groped from the front and the back. Wow. During a bachata. Multiple, it, it doesn't, or kiss without permission is like. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, no idea. Without permission, and next thing you know, I'm like, 
you know, I'll put it out there. I mean, a lot of times when I dance, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm happy. It's my, it's my happy place. And I've had a couple of drinks. The next thing I know, my neck is wet. I'm like, what, what is wrong? <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, no. I swear, people wonder why I'm not dancing bachata unless it's just like fun, upbeat. Yeah. It's, it's just because like some of the bachata that they dance is like, it's actually closer to hip hop, you know, so, some of the newer ones. And, you know, I, I like traditional bachata, but some of the newer age bachata is like closer to hip hop. And I actually really enjoy that music. And I get caught up sometimes. I actually find myself pop blacking a little bit in the middle. It's whenever I get like too far like off in my own head that stuff happens. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> you and, and not to not to talk down about bachata. I know we all have our preferences of the types of dance that we like to dance in bachata is not yeah. one of my personal preferences. But um, you know, to your point about the way that people kind of take advantage of the style of dance to get what they want personally out of it, mm -hmm. um, whether it's making or exoticizing someone or- Certain initiative versus others. Yeah. yeah. Not, that, not, not that nobody wants to be exoticized, but- Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, so, so that's, that's, that's a subtle one, although again, it, it can become unsubtle <laughs> sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it becomes very unsubtle. Sorry about the Latin experience. Andres is over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, so Sharita, what do you have? Um, so there's quite a few. Um, I think I think the first that you kind of touched on it a little bit is um with the assumption of um how black people dance. It's oh, okay, you're black, so you know, oh, you should shake your ass more or like the immediate thing to like, you know, turn you and then you just want to grind on them from behind like that. I'm here to salsa, not take it to the house party. So, you know, there's there's that. Um, and so comments about black bodies in these spaces like, oh, you have those hips and ass like use it. Um, I'm dancing salsa <laughs> like I'm not you assume that you know I'm gonna be Turk and I'm not you know like that's yeah. not what I do um also the comments about um they're the very subversive comments about um black uh bodies dancing and Latin, that they're they're raw or they're unpolished or I like that soulful, but they're lacking technique when they have the technique. Um, it's just that you're uncomfortable seeing the black bodies moving in that way, or you can't emulate that. So you're gonna take it down a notch. Um, there's so many of this com comparing, okay, well, that's fine, but that style doesn't work for me because it's lacking technique. And I like this dancer. Well, that dancer's teacher looks more like me than she does like you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, kind of, you know, taking taking validity away from, from Black bodies in the space that, you know, they've kind of created. And then um, just also just little things about, the, you know, we talked about the, the hypersexualization, but also kind of the, um, the tropes about Black women being... Um, emasculating or aggressive and so going back to um consent on the dance floor certain kinds of dancing like yes there are you know locks and things that you can do and people might try to take it a little too far and i'm 
very well known. Like I like my personal space. I, I don't know you. I don't like you in that way. Um, certain techniques, the thumb in the collarbone to keep a distance. And so physically having to wrestle with men on the dance floor about keeping a certain space. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, why are you here if you're just going to be like that? Or like, uh, you know, why are you so aggressive or that, that kind of thing. Can I, um, can I uh, introduce a question there? Um, mm-hmm. How has been your uh, experience with um, Latin men in particular? And, and if you want to do dark skin versus light skin, because they're, they behave slightly different, you can, but if you want to generalize, that's fine too. But as a, as a, as a black woman, um, that participates in the, in the Latin dance community. What has been your experience with Latin men in particular? <sighs> I mean, I, I think for, with Latin men, it's, I actually feel more respected. It's kind of with other black men or even white men in the scene where sometimes it gets kind of like shady. But I, I think for other than the kind of like having to exoticize me oh you can't just be black oh there's some dominican in you somewhere like how do you dance like that but then you know it it doesn't get in a in a weird place or an uncomfortable place um so like i i don't yeah there have been a few times and it has been when i slipped up and i go to dance bachata and and i'm like okay i should have known um but or when they're drinking um and we'll get kind of that you know like um I, I think a lot of it though has to do with um colorism and yeah. even just you know a body type and appearance and um yeah victor do you have anything there your experience with latina women yeah it's it's very or men <laughs> like <Yeah>. that's <laughs> No, I mean it's 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 very mixed. Um, you know, it's very mixed experiences. I've had Latin women that won't entertain any kind of interaction because mm-hmm. they assumed I Spanish and I wasn't Spanish. And then <clears throat> I've had Latin women that uh, will entertain, but they assume. And I don't. I mean, this isn't a bad thing from what I'm going here they assume I dance like they do. Um, there's a lot of mm. Latin dancers that, or a lot of Latin women that just dance. I mean, I'm not, um, you know, so educated in Latin dance that I can speak on all of it. But there's a lot of Latin women that just expect that I dance like they do. And I don't. I mean, I'm not Latin. I dance salsa on too. I dance bachata. I, Dominican bachata can be a little bit. But I don't dance like they do. So they have a lot of those assumptions and sometimes whenever we begin dancing, well, I can dance on one and I can do Cuban salsa. It's not what I prefer. So um, it's just a lot of mix. I don't feel a lot of backlash from Latin women outside of them thinking I'm Spanish and I'm not. That's, that's just So my- when you mean like the, you don't dance like them, like kind of um, getting pushed back, okay, well, you don't know what you're doing because you're black and like that in that way okay yeah in, in that way um because i mean a lot of them dance they say they dance salsa but it's really i've learned it's really more like cumbia you know 
Uh, it's home style. Home style. Home style. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I'll say, okay, cool. You dance salsa? Great. And then I'll start dancing on one or on two. I'm like, oh, you're not dancing salsa. You're dancing cumbia. That's two salsa music. Mm-hmm. Uh, or anyway. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess that depends to what, what social you end up going to because there's some socials that might be more explicitly on two. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are other socials that you go to where there's a mix of rooms and experiences, and so you you might get but different it's, types it's, uh, of characters. It's it's definitely something that happens often. Um, what Victor's mentioning about this homestyle, I'm gonna call it homestyle. Mm. The homestyle step, yeah, no, you you do find it almost every social you go, somebody's gonna do, be doing homestyle, which usually there are people that are born in, in Latin American countries, and um, the issue there becomes that they. Uh, in my experience, it's been that because they don't know the other style that's been also dance, Saigon like 2 or or even uh, a casino or whatever, they like, oh, you, sometimes it would be like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, or you're making it more complicated or like, mm-hmm. this is not really authentic or one one iteration of that when it's not, it, it really is just that, you know, you're, you haven't been uh, instructed into this different style of dancing and, and that's why from your perspective, you're, you're, I'm the one because I was born there or whatever. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's also uh, happens often. Mm-hmm. So we kind of uh, makes uh, subtle and and more explicit, but tell us the more explicit ones, um, <laughs> if you don't mind, of course. Uh, more explicit, I mean, um, behaviors or ideas that you've been exposed in the lines community as it relates to uh, race hmm. i mean i don't i don't know if i have any very like um overt explicit experiences except for like more and like um i want to say performance side of things when it comes down to hair and makeup and costume oh, like yeah. comments about uh, you need to tame this or what are you going to do with this or just even kind of the assumption of okay we have this performance aesthetic and it's like how do you expect my hair to do that <laughs> like automatically you know I'm like I need three to four days notice because first and, I have to wash it then I have to dry it then yes. have, it needs to get a little greasy first because it needs to be yes. it has to lay down. right and okay. stay and and it's so it's it, it's kind of like just assuming if I'm just going to do something and I assume that everybody is going to be able to wear their hair in a fro like Sally's not going to be able to do that and so but and I would get pushback for even you know thinking that like how dare you like I can't do that but it's not even thought of it's like okay well you're being difficult or you know we're good all gonna wear red lipstick well my shade of red is gonna need to be different from yours I can't wear you the same one it's not gonna look the same Um, I'm really glad you bring that up, Sharita, because, um, you know, I I think it appears that you've been a lot more vocal than I have in in the pushback. So what I tend to do, like I said, I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Because I need to know in advance and I need to make Mm -hmm. adjustments. And um, if the lipstick doesn't look good, I'm like, well, what what am I supposed to do about that? Right. Um, So I find in myself and I know I need to do a better job of, um, pushing back a little, right? So I experience these feelings of, well, it's not fair, right? Mm-hmm. That I need to accommodate to these standards, this look for this 
Afro style of dance, That's essentially, right? It's 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 nonsensical. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the, countercultural yes. is what it is. Yeah. Right? So here I am acclimating to this Eurocentric idea of what I'm supposed to look like as a dancer. I'm imagining a few and straight in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, it, it's it's whitewashing the roots of what this dance form is. Right. So I'm I'm wondering for you, Sharita, is there like this is there some cognitive dissonance? happening for you where you're like, okay, I know that this is so countercultural, but I know this is what everybody else is doing. And at the end of the dance, at the end of the day, I just want to dance and perform. Like what kind of, mm. how does that conversation happen for you? Because for me, honestly, I just kind of like, you know what, whatever. I'll go. Some, some days you're exhausted because I think for one thing that people forget is that we're black all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And so some days, you know, it's just, the straw that broke the camel's back and then like I can't even deal with this right now but for the most part because I am old and I'm unapologetically black like my my background for for one when I was in elementary school I started a neo black panther party website so I've always been (laughs) I've I've always (laughs) I've always been uh about that and I've also just um I guess the kind of relationships that I've had, um, I I didn't feel like I could not speak my mind in that way. Um, I did know that sometimes, or well, most of the time, it wasn't going to be understood or accepted, but I, I never was scared to do that because um, I didn't, I didn't want, I guess my motivations were different for me being a part of a team was about building my skills so that I could have more fun social dancing. Um, not about anything other than that. Um, and then sometimes it was like, okay, well, I'm the only one here. And then I'm just going to, you know, say what I'm going to say and, and make it work for me. I'm not going to, I never kind of followed things that really didn't work for me. Um, so I, I never felt afraid, I guess. And, and I will just say, I appreciate that in you. I know when I first joined the dance scene here, um, you and it was the, I think the Issa team had a performance and your hair was like marvelous. It was out. Oh, <laughs> it was a big one that she had. Yes, yeah. and I loved yeah. it so much. And I'm like, oh, I'm so happy she did her I mean, own thing. Honestly, like, you don't understand how much I think joy and kind of like, affirmation that was for me to be like yeah like do what you gotta do you're dancing and but it's that's what we're missing those those representations of that we we need those things to look up to um which is why like fuquan and candace like every time they're at something i'm like i love seeing black couples dancing together like this (laughs) like you know but then that's where you hear those comments oh well they don't have techniques, so I'm not going to take their workshop. Or why do you like them? They're missing this, and it's it's something else. Mm-hmm. So. And just to piggyback on the black couples dancing together, you know, conversation that we were having is um, you see something like on um, social dance TV of couples dancing, and a couple days ago I went on on the Instagram page, and I was like, okay, well, I noticed that sometimes there are black males dancing and sometimes there are black women dancing but usually when you see them dancing they're typically dancing together right unless there is um a black man dancing with uh, a non-black woman 
Otherwise, you don't see a lot of black women. Especially in Kisamba. <laughs> we're, 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 gonna, we're gonna need two hours for that conversation. <laughs> but like you, you don't see you don't see a lot of representation in that way. I'm I'm saying in, in social media either, and, and I like to bring up Sharita in like congresses or other events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was gonna actually ask uh, Victor about that. Like, you know, Victor, when you go to a, um, I don't know how many congresses you've been. Uh, but when you go to these congresses or you see these workshops or even the performances, do you see these figures of um, that you can look up to uh, in the in the ways Charita was describing them? Um, I mean, for, sometimes um, a representation is definitely lacking, and uh, it's something that is sometimes discouraging. And one thing that you know. I think a lot of people don't realize, like for me, I'm a black man. Whenever I go to, especially areas that are out of my own community, um, and I'm not talking about a mm. how much it's a regular social. I, I say one out of five dances, I have to be extremely careful about the follows that I ask to dance. Um, I've had even at Carmen's Keeping Cafe, our own community, I've had someone retaliate against me, um, a lead follow, retaliate against me because the follow danced with me. Um, it's happened on multiple occasions. It's something that I have to be, I have to be aware of. I, it, you know, usually I'll go through the night, especially I've been having a couple of drinks, I've just asked to follow the dance, but I've had to make it a point to be more conscious of the follows that I asked to dance now because there's been just too many occasions where the lead or the boyfriend or who, whomever will get offended because I'm dancing with her. Um, and I know it's not just because I'm another dancer asking her to dance. I'm probably one of the only one or two uh, African-American leads there. And he didn't have a problem with anyone else dancing with her. But as soon as I do, as soon as he, we get done dancing, they're fussing, they're arguing, or in mid-dance, we can just pull her away. This happened oh. multiple occasions. So um, to answer your question, yes, there's, no, there's not a lot of representation. And also, um, it's, just, it's just a shame how I feel I have to keep an eye out so closely for my own safety. Um, because, yeah, sometimes leads will retaliate. Yeah, so I want to now bring it back to this idea of aesthetics, um, because so I I, um, I, I appreciate also the uh, the boldness of the statement in a, in a in a world in which you know it's not necessarily welcome, and I'm referring to like that performance in which Sherry that was wearing you know her, her hair, but not only not only that, not only the boldness, not only the statement, but also the idea of aesthetics, like the fact that people don't understand that as a not actually the original way in which in which beauty was conceived in in latin dances right so we've gone so far and kind of going back to the cognitive uh, dissonance we've gone so far from where the roots of the dance have been that the the, the very idea of what is aesthetic has changed to ways that are actually almost unrecognizable you know? yeah yeah, and, and just to add, add to that, and, and thank you, Victor, for earlier in the conversation where you paid homage to your ancestry from Nigeria, because Latin dance comes from 
um, Africa, right? And so um, and Sharita's statement, you know, or in terms of her aesthetics is a way of paying homage to mm-hmm. the root of the dance. And so just like everything else, you know, the dance, the art has been colonized to, mm-hmm. um, to where there are new ideas to what this looks like. Yeah, and uh, I think I think we've lost um, this this new idea of aesthetics that it's all, you know we're gonna be honest about it is it's just Eurocentric beauty, right? So if exactly, and and it's we've gone from you know diversity in shapes, diversity in colors, diversity in styles to everybody has to be at least for for women, right? So everybody has to be you know straight hair, mm-hmm. everything is like perfect in in yeah. the in the European sort of way. Mm-hmm. So We've, we've lost, uh, it seems to me that we've actually lost quite a bit from, from the content, uh, cultural content of the dance, just by adjusting to this uh, sort of uh, idea of aesthetics. Yeah, it's, it, it, it looks inauthentic in a lot of ways now, um, where it is kind of almost unrecognizable. Um, and it, it's, it's strange because even when we think about some of styling classes, for example, like why, what, what are the, like, why do we have some styling classes where it's like hair whips and stuff? Like my hair don't whip in a ponytail like that. Are you talking about soup? (laughs) (laughs) And and it's like, you know, okay, we're going to be like, you know, you got to whip your hair this way so that you get your hair out of your face. Well, my hair ain't in my face. Like, <laughs> like what are you talking about? Girls, like, if they whip in one direction, they're just going to go right back. They're not going to stay there. <laughs> yeah. They're going to go back to where they started. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And also, <laughs> one thing that I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to go too far. Go it. Take it. Go it. <laughs> It's it's a tough it's a tough topic because I believe touching on aesthetics, owners and dance owners have to that they, they have to make a profit right and make the money. Um, but it it contributes to it's a it contributes to the divide because the people that need the most help, most help, unfortunately, are usually people that don't have the funds to take those classes because, and realistically speaking, a lot of those people that don't have the funds to take those classes and take those privates, um, a lot of their dancing is coming from their freedom. It's just, it's so, so free and relaxed. Like from my own personal experience, it's so free and relaxed and I actually love the way it looks, but a lot of people target those specific areas, but those are the people that are not able to have just as easy access to private classes. And you can read in between the lines of what I'm trying to say. But um, I just feel like as far as aesthetics goes, um, it should be reevaluated. It shouldn't be so focused on the whitewashing and uh, the different areas to target and make money versus um, where it actually came from. But again, y'all can read in between the lines all you want. I think you understand. There's, what I'm a, there's an uh, you you bring an interesting conversation, right? Because this, at the end of the day, is not only a you know for 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 us. I mean, for me growing up in Colombia, it it was literally just 
a home thing that you do. You know, your aunts come around and you dance. As it grows into something that is profitable uh, and then can you know, be made profit off, not only here but also in our own Latin American countries, there there's a trade of that you're trying to speak to, Victor. Yeah. What it is that the majority of your audience is gonna like. Um, and what it is, and therefore what it is that you can make the most profit out of. And then together with that, what is that trade that you're willing to, to make to satisfy those audiences, right? So if, 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 you, if, you, if you're trying to satisfy the audience that's going to uh, have more resources to pay for expensive workshops or whatever, mm-hmm. or travel to Miami to the Congress of X or whatever, that aesthetic, even, even when it's not even let's call it con like it's not a conscious decision yeah it is a sort of uh, environmental decision in which we're, they're like okay so this is sort of the artistic uh, I, I can't remember what the term they use uh, artistic integrity so yeah, that's what it comes yeah. back to like you know are you an artist and what's the line with your artistic integrity or are you a profiteer and if you are then just be upfront about that like hey i'm teaching euro salsa we want Becky up here. We don't, <laughs> you know, and so we're going to style, we're going to cater to Becky because she got the coin. Okay, that's fine, but be upfront about it. Don't say that or don't ignore, you know, where this is coming from. You can say like, okay, well, this is the roots, but I don't teach that because, you know, it's not relevant here and we're all about hair whips. Okay, that's fine, but be upfront about it, you know. And then you can decide if that's what you want or not, right? So, but I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, it's just a shame that the, there's individuals that are looked down upon for the natural way that they dance. And it just, it just, um, it's just total opposite of what is being taught aesthetically. And it's not, and it's just looked upon it, the way they're dancing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, it's not, and that's not true. It's not that it's wrong, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I really appreciate this conversation because I think Line dance has really been commercialized, commercialized in this way that we're describing, where it is Eurocentric. And so people who are new to the Latin dance scene may assume that that is what Latin dance is, that is what salsa is, that is what bachata is, whatever, um, zouk, zumba, zumba. But people have assumptions about what certain types of Latin dance dances are. So this is why I appreciate the conversation because um, unless unless people are talking about it. And, and lifting it up, then um, they're going to continue to assume that hair whips, right, is <laughs> is what's popping. Yeah, and it's, I think I think that yeah, exactly. And, and and part of the issue, kind of to take it back to this idea of representation and what it is that we show, is that so, so we have the original rhythms and which which honestly are a mixture, as you guys were saying, uh, of the dances that they were dancing in West Africa and yeah. plus the dances that or the ways in which they mix with the instruments from the natives in, in the mm-hmm. Americas. That, that's how it became. Then yeah. at some point, you know, again, it becomes profitable. Uh, I mean, some US uh, citizens as well as Europeans with this, um, you know, they were the ones that came out with Central Bachata. Um, take it, transform it into what it is that they want. And the issue is that there, after that, that is what gets broadcasted. So all yeah. of a sudden, we had traditional bachata, but now it's not. Now we're not mm-hmm. even seeing traditional bachata. It's not bachata. sexy enough. So it's like when you take from the original and you emulate, you photocopy, you photocopy a photocopy, you photocopy a photocopy, 
it's so far from the original, like you don't even see that anymore. And that's where we are at this point. And so if, if we're talking about, you know, cultural appropriation and we have profiteers in this industry, you have some, you know, it's a fraction here. You have some that, you know, they're going to give you a history lesson um, that, that you need uh, before your classes and some that, you know, well, someone else will take care of that. I'm not even going to go there. And, you know, we have to kind of, if we're talking about leaders in the dance space, um, accountability and responsibility um, and just, you know, having, having, and, and we also sh should be calling people out like first for some of these things. Um, I remember I, I went to some workshop. Um, I think it was in Atlanta and Frankie Martinez was there and everybody is in his workshop and that bull talked for the whole hour. Not he did maybe like oh, a few moves, no dance, and people are sitting mad just walking out because. But he was giving a history lesson. He's like, "Y'all paid all this money, but you're not paying attention, and I'm going to talk to you for an hour." Um, and the people who were really about something, they stayed and they listened. And the ones that you know, I just, I just want to copy you, so just teach teach me some moves. They just walked out. Yeah. But he's also at a whole nother level. Like he's he's going for enlightenment. So yes, that's yes, another yes. <laughs> story. He really is. He, I, I'm like, before, and I'm like, this is a whole new experience. <laughs> um, but speaking of, of classes, yeah. of classes um, you know, that's another space that women dancers participate in. Um, uh, not just uh, or dancers who dance Latin dance not just in socials, not just at congresses, um, but also in classes. So I'm wondering if you, you all have any thoughts about what comes up in those spaces related to subtle or overt racism um, or racist ideas and behaviors. Um, but as people who had never danced before, haven't entered into classes and, and now having enough time where you have danced to think back, um, what are you all saying? For, for me, it just kind of piggybacks on what I was saying earlier. I, you know, it's, it's just, it's unfortunate. I see people that look down on others because they don't take them out of classes that they want them to take. And I just wish more leaders just came to the realization that some people just can't take at the classes as many as you want. So whenever they do go out and dance socially and they show up to a class or two, maybe once a month or once a, every six months, however long it is, celebrate it versus see it as a time to look down on them and criticize them and say, you have not been practicing, you need to come to more because not everybody's circumstances is the same. And that's what I see most often. I see, see people show up and I see that the, the desire is there, but it's just, you know, their circumstances don't allow them to be there as much as they would want. Hmm. I mean, I think as far as classes, um, some things that I've seen are just kind of, um, you're, you're teaching someone to copy and not the root of the movement. Like, why are we doing this movement? What's the practicality of it so that people can make it their own? Because you have, your dancers up there or your your lead that you know your two the following lead that you want people to learn from and you want you say do it like this and if 
my body doesn't move that way. My body doesn't look that way. I'm not ever going to look like that example. And I'm trying to figure out why. Um, and I'm thinking that I'm doing something wrong or I'm not learning where it's more about they're not teaching what the point of this movement is. And the fact that you can make it your own because I, I'm not like when I first started dancing, um, I don't, I don't know if oh, you all probably do know Aaron leisure. Um, I'm never going to look like Aaron when I'm dancing. Um, and she's very feminine. She was a, has a gymnast background and her movements, but understanding that I know what technique they're trying to teach and I can make it my own. And so you have, uh, you know, if I didn't love social dancing so much, there were many classes where I would just be like, okay, well, this is not for me and just never return. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens to a lot of people. I, I know people that are in the scene that just completely disappeared after a few classes because they felt like they just did. It wasn't for them. They did not have a space and they weren't seen and heard. There's been, there've been so many rich things that you two have shared that I have thought about and that I have not thought about. Um, and then I'll be thinking more about thanks to you two. Mm-hmm. Um, what I am wondering is, um, and I think we've talked about this a little bit so far, but what could people be doing in um, not just the triangle community, but just the, the Latin dance community in general? What could people be doing to practice anti-racism um, in our community, whether it be instructors, whether it be people who attend classes, who attend socials or congresses, hosts, party hosts, what could people be doing um, to, because inclusivity isn't the, the overarching issue, right? Everybody, everybody's welcome to the dance scene is kind of the, the language yeah. that, mm-hmm. uh, but what could people be doing to be anti-racist specifically in those and, cases? Or, or what, what do they need to stop doing? <laughs> or what do they need to stop doing? Yes. Um, Victor, you go. I feel like you get, you're going to be more PC than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it's it all starts with individuals. Um, I mean, that's where it starts. It doesn't take just that. It t- takes a two, three, four-pronged approach. But you got to start inward. Again, pointing out earlier, I see so many nights where I see Black women not being approached or asked to dance at all. Uh, and people are so easily affected by others. A lead will tell another lead, don't ask her to dance. Mm. You know, don't dance with her. And a follower will say, don't dance with that person, don't dance with that person. Or a lead will see another lead not ask that person to dance. And so they won't ask that person to dance. So we all just have to take an inward look upon ourselves and we have to make a difference. That's one. Second, you know, we're all, we're all minorities here and I'm not sure about Joe. Actually, I am sure about Joe. We all get tired sometimes. Mm-hmm. And as Sharita said, sometimes you'll experience racism, but you're like, whatever, you know, I, it's, it's been a long day. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll do my hair that way. I'll show up. Mm-hmm. I'll show up on a performance, and it'll be what it is, and you'll be okay with it, but I'll try. But whenever you see something like that happening, we just have to make it a point to say, you know what, that person might just, 
they might just not be feeling it today. Let me speak up for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So start inward, and then when you see it happening, make an effort to speak up about it. Those are the first two things amongst many others that need to happen. And thirdly, our um, leaders need to make sure that they're setting a good example. You know, if you see a leader, um, and, and I've seen Beth do this all the time, you know, he'll see someone not get dance, not get asked to dance all night, and then he'll just go dance to that person for like two, three straight songs. And that's mm -hmm. just a great example. So leaders have to continue to set great examples and other people follow suit because as I mentioned earlier, unfortunately people are so easily affected and influenced by others. So you set a good example, hopefully that easily effectiveness will roll in that direction. Yeah, I mean, I think um, touching on what, what Victor's saying is that first it's, um, there's no escape from the effects of racism you know, if we're talking about the Latin dancing in America specifically, you're, you're, there's no faucet of our life that it's removed from. It's going to be there. Um, so even though you, you know, we like to see our Latin dancing as a haven, um, racism is alive and thriving in the Latin dance community here. So, I mean, that's step one is just acknowledging that there's, there's no safe space from racism. Um, and so with that, um, you know, listen to, listen to the voices of, of black people, other people of color, listen to what they're saying. Um, as humans, we love to talk about ourselves. And so you're going to take this experience I've seen, you know, throughout the past months and let me make it about myself, like how this is impacting me. I, oh, I didn't know it was that bad. And let me just sob about how guilty I feel or, or what can I do to help you? And you're sucking the oxygen away from the discussion. You're taking the discussion away. You're removing the voice of a black person, another person of color who could be in there telling your story. Um, there is a time to listen. And for the most part, um, a lot of us, if you're not, um, if you're not on the, you know, the short end of the stick of this, like, you should be doing more listening than talking. Um, and now this takes us to like the action part. And um, for me, I just, you know, I'm hearing allies, like how can I be an ally in this? I don't like that word because to me it implies passivity and we need to be active, you know, because um, there's, there's no way that we can have change um, for, for anything, for looking at the, the Latin dance scene as a microcosm for the world, those who are in power, they have to act. I, I can't solve this problem as a black woman in the scene um, unless I'm in a position of I power. It, right? This word for the ally, what do you mean now? The problem is yours. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a bystander. Yeah. Like, let me just strip you of that ally. You need to get your butt out there and, and do, you know, you're asking, what can we do? You need to do something to ask yourself that. And so when we're talking about these people in positions of power, um, billing in, in Congresses, who are you hiring for your events and why? Um, and why, you know, as a person in power, why are you accepting this position? Okay, I'm accepting to teach an Afro-Cuban workshop you know, I do some shines, but I have no idea where, you know, I learned that from somebody else. Let me say, hey, thank you for hiring me, but you should have 
this person teach this class because that's who I learned from. There has to be some sacrifice here and nobody in these positions of power are willing to step up. So it sounds good to talk about this, like, you know, going back to inclusivity, let's be inclusive, but it's going to extend beyond race. We're talking about class. We're talking about um, colorism. We're talking about disabilities um, and, you know, sexual orientation, all of these things. And um, if those who are in a position of power aren't stepping up to say something and also sacrifice in a certain extent, like we're just gonna, you know, this sounds like we're doing something and then you know, those who can afford to take a time out are going to take a time out while we are still going to suffer. Yeah, you mentioned a good point. And I think the key word you use is sacrifice. Um, because that is the key. Because right now, you know, racism is look so terribly down upon right now uh, in the United States, like publicly, you know, but for many years, so many things happened without them giving the care because why it ain't, it ain't new <laughs> right but the problem is, is now it's becoming uh for pr's point of view it's becoming looked down upon and that was affecting people's pockets a lot of reason why people care now i don't know if i'm going off a separate tangent but a lot of a lot of the reason why people care now is because it's, it's affecting their bottom line negatively mm -hmm. so the key is you know people have to make sacrifices but sacrifice doesn't just need to be um because you know what i want to watch out for my bottom line no you have to make a sacrifice for the support and care of your other brothers because in a perfect world there is no white privilege it's just that everybody has the same privilege as the white people in a perfect world but unfortunately in order for us to get anywhere close sacrifice what Sharia said has to be made for us to be able to get on the same playing field. And that's just... Yeah, I would add to that that um, there's something to be said about, uh, or to, to be asked about, is, is it really sacrifice or do you just kind of give him back what you... Or is it, or is it <laughs> community... Is it giving back or is it community living, right? Yeah, and, and it's... it's yeah. Sharing of resources and, and sharing of information and it, it's become so hierarchical uh, where these people up top have all these resources and these people have been deprived of these these resources um, that now we're like, okay, well now we have to share, but like it, it's, it shouldn't be giving back, right? It should be just yeah. living and, and we're so conditioned to be so independent mm -hmm. that community living is foreign. Well, that's where the, the compassion comes in. We, we don't have that anymore right. in society. It's, it's driven out um, everything caters towards narcissism and, and self-involvement. But, you know, for a lot of the things that we can do now, like, you know, there are a lot of things where sacrifice is, is not involved. There are some things where, you know, people in power won't be impacted at all. And they still don't like that. It's the something about you getting something. And I don't want that. Like one example that I use is, um, for for some women getting plastic surgery for example well you know i i need you to know that she didn't look like that before why how do, why does that matter to you it's not hurting you in any way let her do let her do her nose let her do her boobs how is that hurting you no you can't like so it, it's kind of like this the same thing for some things it's like 
giving someone anything, if, if it's not going to hurt you, what is, what are you so mad about? Where is that coming from? And that's where you need to look inside yourself. Like there's something about society nowadays where some people get joy out of seeing other people suffer um, or they don't recognize this other person is just like them. They've, they've dehumanized them in a way where they just can't even relate on that level that how dare you get something, you know, you don't deserve that. Yeah. Um, I think you're all probably familiar to the, the idea that um, there's some power value on creating a group that it's, understood as inferior right so we just we i mean we all agree that certain group is going to be inferior and that from now on we get to feel superior out of nowhere but we get to feel superior and that justifies a bunch of uh heinous acts uh, such as slavery um was justified just because you know we agreed upon the fact that we are superior for no reason whatsoever uh and that allows us to do all of these crazy things now i would i would sort of to bring it back to the to the sort of dance community, dance events and whatnot. I would say, um, and you guys can tell me what you think, that it's not only on the on the shoes of the promoters, but also on the shoes of the consumers. Uh, we as consumers need to be doing better as, and I, I, I would like to bring it to what Sharira was saying earlier, but there's this worship taught by uh, Candence and, and her partner. We need to be supporting those worships, right? We need to be supporting people like Marisol Blanco, like the, the, the people that are that are pushing the culture forward mm -hmm. with respect from a, from a place of actual knowledge and history, and and people that actually represent um, mm -hmm. very well uh, what the what the story of the or the history of the rhythms are. As consumers, we also need to whenever they get to whenever they get hired, uh, which mm -hmm. is the first part of the, the point. We also need to put our dollars uh, and, and our bodies in those classes. I, yeah, I think in addition to that, to be truly anti-racist, not only are we to support those people, but when there's some kind of emotion or reaction that comes up inside of us, we really take the time mm. to question, where is that coming from? Why am I feeling more inclined to take uh, this class over that class? Mm -hmm. why, why does it feel so turbulent inside of me to decide to take a class by black instructors. And mm -hmm. because people use dance as um, this avenue to escape what's happening in uh, everyday life, it's hard to have those conversations because it's like, now we have to have these conversations here. This is my getaway. But uh, it cannot be your getaway if um, people are not being treated equally or, or uh, behaviors exist in the community that mm -hmm. um, don't keep the people equal. Um, people really have to think about what is making me uncomfortable about taking an asshole class? What is making me feel uncomfortable about taking a class from this instructor? Mm -hmm. and, and deal with that to be truly anti-racist. Put your money where your mouth is and do the inner work too because yeah. then otherwise it's just performative and Although it looks good, you know, to have more people in a class um, being taught by, you know, black instructors, you also want to do the, the inner work. Yeah. yeah, I just appreciate, you know, you know, just times like this, like us being able to come together and just bring further awareness and just talk about our own personal experiences. And, um, you know, I, I hear a lot about this, um, 
on the news and media outlets that, you know, people are just taking like, you know, like the Black Lives Matter movement, they say is a movement and they're, um, you know, just, what's the word I'm looking for? But nonetheless, it's like they're empty actions. But mm -hmm. I am against that. I truly believe that awareness is a very strong action mm -hmm. because while the people in power might, might only really care about their bottom line, if we make it that racism is wrong and inclusionary is what's right, the norm, then systemically that will start a movement in the right direction. I wouldn't, I didn't say it won't solve the problem, but it starts it. So I believe, you know, you know, what you guys are doing and what the dance community is trying to do, bring more awareness is a great start to try to overturn and bring around systemic change. It's necessary. It's not the only thing, but it's necessary. Well, thank you both. We, we really, really appreciate it. I, my day has been enriched. I was having a foggy morning <laughs> and my day is enriched because uh, we got to talk to the two of you. So thank you. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, specifically, I will thank you for two things that each of you say. Uh, uh, <laughs> Latin experience comment that was priceless. For some reason, that, that's a big thing because, again, it's like what you guys were saying at the beginning is this idea of. You're, it just kind of happens so often that at some point you're like, you just have to brush it. <laughs> like, whatever. But some days you're like, oh, fuck. It just kind of happened, right? So, and, and Sharita, the hair thing that I've been, I've been, um, I, you probably don't know, but the, my first instructor is actually a black woman. Mm. It's like, she's taller than me. And she's like, <laughs> later, I have to like jump into a, a ladder. Um, so I was used to her, uh, so her, the idea of her aesthetics was kind of what I, I was used to when it comes mm. to salsa. Uh, when I moved to the, the North Carolina region, it's like a completely, it was like a completely different sort of idea. Mm. So I really like that you brought that up because I, I've been, I mean, you know that I've been commenting on that, mm. on the hair thing, mm. the aesthetics thing about um, just not the straight hair, quite skin. Yeah. It's, it's just not how it, it, it looks. And I'll say I appreciate that too, because sometimes, um, when people ask me to bring up an example of um, of this in the dance community, and the first thing I say is hair, sometimes I feel like I say it so much that I'm like, you're making a big deal out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so thank you guys. Thank you. Thank Enjoy you the so rest much. of your well, day. Uh, we'll thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening. This is Mixtape.